Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of the Hip Hop Debate. My name is Paul. This is Kyle. Um, <laughs> we are back. This is episode two. If you happen to miss uh, episode one, you can find the video version on YouTube and the podcast version on all podcast services, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, uh, it should be available on there. And if it's not, let us know because we will make it available on there. Um, so we are glad to have you back. Hopefully, uh, if this is your second episode, you enjoyed the first one and want to keep hearing us talk about our views on hip hop and, and everything that goes along with it. So the topic of this episode, episode two, is who are the top five most influential rappers of all time? Uh, we will get into this topic soon. Before that, we want to talk about what has been going on in hip hop the past week or so. So I'm going to start out with the new g Easy album. Um, I don't listen to g Easy. I just figured I'd bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> so same. there's that all right so we'll go on to the next thing um, <laughs> same thing probably for this one the new uh do you know nba young boy uh yeah you i've heard of him, him. Yeah. i don't listen to him either but he's getting getting more popular and popular he released his new album this week mm-hmm. um i again i don't listen to him but i know that he's originally he was like a mean people would just joke on him and then now all of a sudden he's just people saying he's like the next he's gonna be like the next big thing because uh, his, his emotions and his pain, I guess he really like portrays. So that's supposedly uh, going to be a big album. It probably will, at least for hip hop, probably go number one this week. Um, so there's those two albums. Uh, again, I don't listen to them and I don't think you either listen to them nah. <laughs> as well. All right. So we'll go on to the next thing. Um, <laughs> Future and Gunna, did you hear their new single together? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, it's called Too Easy and it is just straight trap like it's good though it's it's got futures just being future which i know you, I, I like future i know you're you like future as well and then i'm a big fan of gunna now uh he's really grown on me he feels like a his flows like he he's his flows are some of the best in like hip-hop overall right mm-hmm. now his flows are just like really good so that's a good song i would definitely check that out um cool. and and also joiner lucas do you know who he is yeah yeah him and j cole dropped a new single um okay called your heart and it's actually i i really like this song I, i've never really listened to a, a project of joiner lucas's but his i've heard a couple of his singles or a feature on like eminem's new newer albums he likes him a lot uh it's a really good song uh they're actually taking two different roles in the song joiner is about like a, a, he's the guy that's cheating uh on his like significant other his, his girlfriend you know fiance whatever uh and then j cole's like kind of like the devil's advocate like yeah she's like, cause it's about, you know, his girl leaving him or like cheating on him. But J Cole is like the devil's advocate in terms of like, you know, you were the one doing it first. You were cheating on her. You know, how can you expect her to be faithful when you're not faithful? Stuff like that. So, and I watched the music video uh, last night and it's, it's actually really good. It's, it's it kind of really portray. They do a good job of portraying what they're saying on the song. And uh, J yeah. Cole, you ever see um, Guilty Conscious by Eminem and Dr. Dre? Yeah, yeah, yep. It's similar to that in, in like that, not that they're both guilty conscious, but Jordan Lucas is the guy and then Jay Cole is, is like his guilty conscious in a way. Okay. So uh, it's pretty cool like that. So I would definitely check that out. And then cool. um, did you hear the J. Cole remix of Drake's Pipe Down, Heaven yeah. DP? That was fire. Oh my <laughs> God. So do, fire. I'll, do you have anything to say on that before I go on a tangent about that? <laughs> yeah, I wish Pipe Down was j cole song not drake's song I know, right? that's, <laughs> that's you know because like wow like 
you know, I've, I liked the beat on that song a lot when Drake came out with it, but like, like kind of like we talked about last week, like I just, you know, I don't think Drake put in his best effort on that song or some of the other songs, but you know, J Cole just, you know, he just kills it. He kills it with his bars and his wordplay. So, so yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. I was, I was shocked. I was surprised that he was able to turn that song into like something good when we were all like kind of thinking like this song is not the greatest. <laughs> yeah. And he made it, it's crazy. Cause he made a Drake song better and a, yeah. not even like an older Drake. Like it was released two weeks ago and he's like, all right, I'm going to yeah. obviously had to get clearance from Drake and stuff. And Drake obviously was cool with it, but like, it's, yeah. it's not a Drake song anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. And like, I feel like, I feel like I haven't had somebody do that in like a long time, like a while. Like I remember when we were growing up and Lil Wayne was like becoming big, like he used to do that on his mixtapes, like take somebody else's song and just make it better. And nowadays you don't really see people do that a lot, but like, you know, this is one of those rare occasions now where like he was able to take a song and just make it better. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. He, I absolutely killed it. I, there's a point where he's like in a limo and he's talking about like Ferrari coupe velocity and he has that flow for like three bars and he just, mm-hmm. he kills it. And then, yeah. yeah, he's talking about like coming in third place behind uh, Kendrick and Drake, which it, it's yeah. true. <laughs> he's like, I, I guess he's cool with it, but like obviously they're all the three, you know, at least from that generation, like the biggest artists and they're yeah. all in like that goat conversation of, you know, top five, top 10, they're all in there somewhere, wherever individually yeah. everyone ranks them. I just, I think, I think he's right when it comes to Kendrick. I think he says Drake because him and Drake have a good relationship, but yeah. I think he, I think he knows that he's, he's probably in terms of just like rapping. I mean, Drake's a great rapper sometimes, but like <laughs> J Cole, like is a much more like methodical rapper and a more conscious rapper than Drake. So I feel like he knows it, but like they're good friends. So like, he's not going to say it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, they're all in like different lanes, but they're all like, Kendrick is definitely very conscious. And then J Cole to me is just tradi- as traditional as hip hop can get. Yeah. And then, and then there's Drake who's a pop star. So right. they're all in three different lanes, but they all do what they do in their own lane very well. That's I think. And then they all came up around the same, what, three or four years. Mm-hmm. Dr- J Cole and Drake were very similar timing. And then Kendrick kind of emerged maybe a few years later, but still yeah. in that same uh, class, you could even say. And Kendrick, I think by far is the most classic albums Mm-hmm. uh out of those three but j cole and, and drake in their own right have some great albums as well yeah going back to him being in third place it's it's hard because Ken, they definitely i think have both sold more than him so in terms of like sales he's definitely third but just i think also popularity drake's obviously we we talked about last week and i just said he's a pop star and kendrick has really when he drops it's like it's also like a momentum shift uh in hip-hop he just commands the attention kind of like Drake or Kanye or mm-hmm. that's probably the only other two, maybe a Travis Scott even, but everyone else is like, and then obviously previous artists and their time obviously did that. It's too like Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas, but like currently it's probably just Kanye, Drake and Kendrick. And then J Cole is like on the cusp of that. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say like when you compare, like, cause 
Kendrick and Drake are very different, like on different ends of the spectrum, you know, like, (laughs) like, like you said, Drake's like a pop star and Kendrick is more like influential and like wants to like use his music to like send messages and make points and all that stuff. And I feel like Cole, like J Cole is like in the middle of those two, you know, like he, he's very conscious about his rapping. Like, you know, he has great wordplay and he, you know, likes to talk about political issues every now and then like Kendrick does, but he's also like, he can also make like a good pop hit too like drake you can make it yeah. yeah so he's kind of like the middleman between those two um and i feel yeah. like i feel like that's why when you consider like the three of them to be like the top three of like this generation like that's why it's like you have one guy who can just rap about like very like deep stuff and you have another yeah. guy who is like just like a pop star and then you have a guy who's like in the middle and kind of compliments both of them you know yeah so definitely yeah well, i'm gonna make one more point before we move on to the next uh topic uh he j cole to me is the best like lyricist out of all of them the best pure rapper because kendrick i think his albums are are definitely better than j cole's but he just doesn't to me a feature uh, besides drake because it's going to be a hit but if you're talking about like i want like 16 bars on a feature and just to kill it i personally would take j cole i think on features and just straight like something like heaven's ep like he'll just rap his ass off i think better than the other two but kendrick is more thoughtful and he puts He's trying to like similar to Kanye. He's trying to always have a point to mm-hmm. something more in his lyrics. And Kanye's like on everything. He's trying to make a point. But Kendrick, yeah. every song, he's, there's a point to it. Or even every verse he does, there's a point to it. So uh, Kendrick is is everything he does is really good or great. But mm-hmm. I think talking about like a verse or like a, a single, like just straight rapping, I think J Cole is like definitely to me the the best one out of those three for yeah. that. Yeah, I, w- I would ag- I would agree uh, to an extent. I think that, you know, J. Cole, like he can he's a really good at like being a good rapper on like a single or like, you know, a feature like he can. Like I said, he could take like that pop appeal that Drake has, but use like his great rapping to like keep it like, you know, keep it pop, but also like still like show off like your skills still. Um, but I feel like Kendrick is more like there's not a lot of features that um, like that Kendrick is on that. Like I'm like I get wowed by. I mean, there are a few, you know, like control, yeah. obviously, like the big Sean, control, yeah. you know, and everything like that. Um, but like, I'm more interested in Kendrick when it's like his stuff. And so I feel like in terms of like comparing Kendrick and Cole, like I think Kendrick can just keep uh, an interest for longer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there were a couple albums like before uh, this new one that Cole came out with this year where like, I, you know, I wasn't really feeling them like, you know, cause there were a lot of songs that were like, like the chorus was just like repetition, yeah. you know, like what was the one like motivate, motivate, like yeah. he just kept going like that, you know? So like, I do feel like sometimes like he, he gets like that writer's block or like, you know, doesn't really know, like, you know, how to like make a good hook. Yeah. Um, but like, but like Kendrick, if I'm going to pick like somebody to like, just make, keep me interested for like a whole album's worth. Like, I think, I think Kendrick is a lot better than Cole there, you know? Yeah. But definitely. in terms of like a feature or like, just like, you know, making like a good rap single, like Cole can definitely beat him out in that. So. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, so before we make the whole episode that, because I feel like we could talk about that all, that could be a whole episode itself, <laughs> those three. Um, yeah. The Lil Nas X album, we texted back and forth a little about this week. Uh, I still only listened to it once, but I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. And and Amanda was driving and she played that album and I listened to it kind of almost in full, I think, in the car. Yeah. And, and I was, again, pleasantly surprised. Uh, he has the singles, you know, Montero, uh, Industry Baby, obviously, Old Town Road and and uh, he had that song, uh, what is that, Rodeo with Cardi B, went on that 7 EP. 
Um, but besides that, I never really like, and I still probably won't really listen to him much, but I was pleasantly surprised. I just saw him as a guy who made, you know, singles and very pop and, and there was no substance, but listening to his album, he actually has, has some really good songs on there and really good melodies yeah. too. He uses on there. Yeah. I really liked the song scoop. I yeah. With Doja Cat. Really, like that's, yeah, I think that's a really good song. He should use that um, in a uh, Tostitos scoops. Com- I guarantee they're going to be a commercial <laughs> yeah. in the Super Bowl or later this year. <laughs> yeah, where he's it's, I, scoop is going to be in a Tostitos uh, scoops commercial. Guarantee it. I could totally see that happening. I could totally see that. Yeah, I like that song. I, I like you. Like I was very surprised as well. Um, I've I liked his seven EP when it came out. So like you know I was going into this thing kind of like expecting to like it, but like. I don't know if I expected to like it as much as I do. Yeah. Um, I love industry, baby. I think that's a great song. Yeah. Uh, but I also get like, I get like super distracted when I'm introduced to a Lil Nas X song through a music video. Okay. Like I, I can't focus on how good the song is because his music videos are so insane. Yeah. They're very you know? like, yeah, there's a and, lot going on. And I there. respect that he's using that platform to, you know, he had he came out you know so like he's using that yeah, platform to kind of like advocate for it you know yeah, so definitely. so i respect that out of him but sometimes his music videos are just so wild that like i can't focus on just like the fact that the song is good you know so yeah so when i listened to the album i actually was able to just listen to the songs and i was pleasantly surprised with a lot of them so so i really i really liked that about him a lot yeah uh, i agree next i don't know you're not on twitter too much right uh, i have a twitter uh i don't tweet a lot <laughs> but i use it more for like you know news and stuff like that and kind of like yeah. checking in on stuff so yeah so i don't know if you saw on twitter it was trending in, in my, my twitter people were comparing drake and beyonce to michael jackson throughout, like a few days this week there was a video of my like not with michael jackson holding the baby but another video of michael jackson just walking out of his hotel room mm-hmm. and like thousands of people just wanting to see him walk out of his hotel room like the impact that Michael Jackson had, I think, was just so beyond anyone currently, like the two biggest artists, arguably Drake and Beyonce. Um, and people were just like comparing them. And, and one thing that someone said, which I actually didn't think about until they said that, which made me kind of go in actually almost the other direction was there was no social media back then. There was no at Michael Jackson. Right. So there's no like, you know, interacting that way instead of the only time you might interact or even see Michael Jackson's. Mm-hmm. out of his hotel balcony or if you if you go to a concert and then faint when he like makes a move he'll just like like move his hip or just like his head and women like faint like at his concert so he good to look at both sides but i still think he's on a different level but not having the social media and the, and the interactions that current artists have when the platforms that they have i think it, it it's not as wide of a gap as people may think it is or not think it is can you imagine how big Thriller would have been if you could stream it when it came out? Like, oh yeah, it on, you know, a million what I mean? streams first day. <laughs> Seriously, and and like you know, people are still streaming that. You know, like people are yeah. still listening to that album, um, and so like they're still streaming it. So like it probably has great stream like records now. But imagine yeah. if there was like a Spotify or Apple Music back when it came out in the eighties. Like you know, it would be. Yeah. I, I don't. Th- I don't think Drake or Beyonce would break his his records if that were the case you know what i mean so yeah i agree so yeah so like and i can i personally like i don't see the comparison at all between drake and michael jackson other than sales you know like you can it's the only thing that's the only thing even saying yeah but like but like beyonce and michael jackson you can make more of like a a good argument between those two you know Mm -hmm. um 
because I think th- those two like are like the biggest pop sensations of our like of our time like between the 80s and now you know like yeah they're the two biggest so um so yeah i can see that comparison i can see you can make the argument i'm still probably gonna go michael jackson on that one but yeah um but i think that they make a far more better argument than michael jackson and drake you know so definitely this is so random but i was like i have to talk about this because i just have to get my opinion obviously that's what we're doing here but yeah i had to get my opinion on it's michael jackson like yeah so the last thing I want to mention before we get into our topic, which the topic again is the five most influential rappers of all time. I just wanted to quickly talk about, did you see the new Wu-Tang episode? Are you caught up? I am. I've watched episode four, so I have to watch the, so the boat the too. Yep. Yep. Did you like that episode? Yeah, I did. I thought it was, I, like I said, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool just to kind of see how it all kind of plays out. I was expecting a little bit more drama between the whole Ghostface and Ray Kwan thing, which yeah. kind of makes me think that maybe that actually didn't really happen. I think maybe they're just trying to like shed light on how big the beef is between like the two communities. And maybe, yeah. maybe Raekwon didn't actually like try to kill Ghostface, but like, I, again, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but it yeah. just in terms of like what happened in the show, I was kind of expecting more of like a, like a thing instead of just like them looking at each other, like all angrily and showing their gun and, and stuff like that. I was expecting a little bit yeah. more. Um, but yeah, but like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I just keep getting excited for like, what's going to happen next because we're still not like, not there yet. You know, we're not there to the point where it's like everything that we've learned about Wu-Tang before the show came out, you know? Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch the next two. So I'm not, no, you're only one behind. Oh, really? I thought there was, I thought there yeah. was six out. Unless there's a six and I missed it, but I'm, I caught episode five on Wednesday. Okay. Um, there might, I don't know, but I'm not going to say too much cause you haven't seen it, but what you're saying about them getting to where they are, this episode is kind of, kind of like the boat where it's kind of pushing that. Okay. It's getting very close. Cool. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to talk too much about that, but you'll, okay. you'll hear one of their original songs, them yeah, creating yeah. it and, uh, and That's everything awesome. like that. So yeah, cool. it, it's really cool. So yeah, I'm excited I'm, to talk about that next week and, and see your reaction to it. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, like I said, like that show just keeps drawing me in and I'm, I just love watching it. I loved, I loved the scene too. I don't know if it was in the fourth episode, maybe it was the third um, with Inspector deck. He's, he's in prison and he's just yeah. laying in his bed and he's doing his verse on uh, cream. I thought that yep. was, I thought that was really cool just because like cream is like, probably it's, I think it's like number two favorite rap songs for me. Like I just, it's so monumental that's, to me that's like stan in the way of people say cream like people didn't really say it before that right. like stan wasn't a real like people didn't say you're a person or whatever stan before eminem released that and similar right. with cream people didn't really say that but it's still relevant in today's society people say that yep so I, yeah. that's definitely a huge song it, it, arguably their biggest if not one of their biggest yeah it's, it's definitely by far my favorite and and I think I think Inspector Deck and Raekwon, they both kill it with their verse. And um, it's one of those verses from Inspector Deck where, like, I wish, like, he did more of that. You know, like, yeah. he's not when you think of the people from Wu-Tang, like, he's not one of the like the main guys other than, you know, like Raekwon and Ghostface and Jizza and, and Method. Method Man. Yeah. So like he's he's kind of one of the more like forgotten people. But that verse is like probably one of Wu-Tang's like in terms of like the whole group, one of the best verses from yeah. Wu-Tang ever. So, yeah. so yeah, we'll talk about that next week uh, when you, you know, you get, you get to see that. And then uh, 
we'll hopefully we'll be on you know the same page with that. Um, yeah. So, all right. So now we're going to get into the topic. So I have some criteria that I followed. I don't know what your criteria was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that after I talk about mine. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of followed three things or three criteria for what I consider in, most influential. So the record sales just being as big as they are, um, that kind of has to play a uh, factor in it because people kind of want to mimic or sound similar to you because that's what's selling. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is the impact they had on the culture as a whole, not just the music, the fashion, the trends, the whatever uh, kind of went around, not just their music, whatever else they influenced as well. And then uh, the impact they had on actually, actually the music. So that's, I kind of separated the culture and the music, obviously music, that's a huge impact, arguably the biggest, because not only the sales to be like the radio friendly or pop aspect, but also the actual quality or the sounds of the music as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I use as criteria for my influential list. What about you? Did you use similar or some other things? Yeah. So my, what I think of as influential is kind of along the lines of what you said. I think of somebody who has like really changed the culture of hip hop. Um, so, you know, not, not somebody who's just like good at it, but somebody who's like, you know, you know, broke barriers and played around with like different sounds, different flows, um, stuff like that. Um, they may not be like the best like lyricist, but at least they have like a significant impact on the culture of hip hop. Um, and I kind of agree with you as well. Like it's not just about like the music, but also kind of like what they're doing with like their platform. Like, you know, they're they're a high celebrity. Right. And like, what are they kind yeah. of doing to to use like hip hop to kind of change the world? Um and then, you know, just like multiple talents, like I picked a lot of like a couple of people on my list, I think are people who can do more than just rap, you know? So, okay. um, so I think that that's, that's influential in itself. Like if you can do both things or, you know, if you can produce, you can sing, you can rap, it's, it's very influential to the, uh, the culture. Um, and then last but not least, I just wrote like legacy and resume. Like, you know, yeah. if you have like, if you have like tons of classic albums under your belt, like obviously you're a very influential person. So, um, so I just kind of went with that and that's kind of how I guided my thinking towards this. So, um, yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll let you take this one. All right. So I kind of, as we discussed before we started, I kind of didn't have them in any particular order. I do clearly have a one and a two but three, four, five are kind of out of order. So I'm going to start with, uh, I guess for my fifth one, I would say, uh, and you definitely don't have this person and I don't even, you're going to be very surprised when I say this person, but Lil Kim. Wow. So, right. yeah, I know. So <laughs> I was honestly, so I came up with her this morning. I had four since or middle of the week. I had my four mm-hmm. and I was like, who's number five. I was like, I need to pick someone kind of different from the other four and, I was like, why shouldn't I pick a woman? I was like, because that's a whole, you know, sad to say, but in hip hop, it's like a subgenre. It's like women hip hop is just like, it's not, there's obviously the big artists, but it's so niche almost in a way where like yeah. that there's a certain type of, you know, a woman, she's a woman rapper, not just a rapper. So the, I have a few reasons why I said Lil' Kim. So for me, uh, when she came out, she kind of changed the whole trajectory for women in hip hop. Um, cause before her women were trying to prove they're good enough to rap alongside men. Mm-hmm. They were trying to, you know, really, uh, be, you know, toe to toe with men like Queen Latifah, MC light, mm-hmm. Lauren Hill, DeBrat. They were trying to be like, you know what? I'm just as good as you out rap you or rap you, bar, you know, bar for bar. 
yeah. and we're just as good. But she brought out like the raunchy and racy lyrics yeah. uh, that had never really been seen in women before her. Mm-hmm. The very sex pro sexual, you know, lyrics. The very you know risque. You could even say, especially at that time in the late you know mid late nineties. Uh, she was very, you know, with her debut album, Hardcore, that was something that really was never seen by a woman before in hip hop. Kind of, you know, men have always kind of used, been sexual in hip hop. And she was basically like going back at them being just as sexual. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, people were like, whoa, 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 what, what's going on here? Because they were used to the men saying it right. and not really women as much. Yep. Um, so uh, with her, you know, and Hardcore, she kind of changed the trajectory. And then she, you know, shaped the way for almost, I'm not saying all female artists, but all commercial female artists mm-hmm. kind of pursue, you know, went from there. Besides really commercial wise, besides Missy Elliott, who also was sex positive and stuff like that, but she wasn't, that wasn't her main selling point. She was, her and Timberland were just being different. They were their own lane in terms of production and sounds and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Besides her, I would say, you know, Trina, Trina was someone who was someone who was big in the mid 2000s, uh, kind of in between Lil' Kim and, and the next woman I'm going to say, uh, kind of in being, you know, the baddest bitch on the planet, Trina. Uh, <laughs> she uh, she kind of was also like that. Then Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj, I feel like, is an elevated version of Lil' Kim mm-hmm. in the way of, obviously, I think, Nicki, I think Nicki Minaj is, besides Lauren Hill, is probably number two to me uh, in terms of women. Uh, so she's obviously very sex positive and, and very comfortable and, and promoting not just her, obviously her lyrics, but her body and that type of rapping like Lil' Kim. Then Cardi B, similar. Mm-hmm. Cardi B's, you know, to the top, I would say, of just being very, whatever the hell she wants to say, which, hey, I, I'm cool for whatever. If men can say it, women could say it too. So right. that's fine with me. And then Megan Thee Stallion currently and City Girls. City Girls are kind of popular now, but they're all very, all of the four I just said, are very, you know, very sex positive and very comfortable with, with talking about that stuff when mm-hmm. like traditionally they weren't. So right. I think, you know, Lil' Kim is so influential in that way. And then also one last thing with her is the fashion, you know, she had the the VMAs like in the nineties where she had hand paint on her boobs, uh, you know, showing off her body, the wigs, all the colorful wigs. Now you'll see, you know, Nicki Minaj, you know, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, the city girls, they all wear different crazy color wigs, especially Nicki Minaj was, everything was a different wig at that time and then the eccentric outfits the over you know really like i said showing off your body or just being extra kind of with your outfits so i think for number five coming in with me was lil kim just because of what she did for i'm not saying she's the best female rapper i don't even think I, i've named a bunch and i would say she's not even top four or five mm-hmm. i would give you know, like i said number one and two are to me uh lauren hill and and Nicki minaj but just what if she was she meant to women in hip-hop and, and how she kind of changed it from like trying to compete with men and i'm not saying that they can't compete with men because lauren hill is one of the you know top hip-hop artists ever but like mm-hmm. kind of being like you know i don't have to compete with you i'm kind of in my own lane and and gonna sell records this way instead of trying to outsell men this way so right. that's kind of what i why i chose uh lil kim as my number five most influential yeah, yeah, that's a great pick. Um, I, I also have a, a female artist on my top five that I'll talk about obviously later. But um, but when I was thinking about like all the other female artists, like Lil' Kim is definitely, you know, she's she's the quintessential like female rapper. Um, you know, she she may not have been the first, she may not have been the best, but, you know, she she created a, a culture for women in hip hop. And I think I think you're absolutely right. Like a lot of the female rappers that you mentioned and a lot of the female rappers that are big now, um, you know, they they got their they got their start and kind of like they got their push from Lil Kim and what she did. So um, so I think yeah. that's a great pick. 
Um, oh, my, thank you. Yeah. My number five <laughs> uh, is somebody, I wish I could talk about this person a little bit like after some of the other people on my list. Um, but it's just, you know, kind of where he fell to me on like my top five. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Marshall Mathers. I'm him. Um, I think that, I think that he's basically, he was the voice of like the early two thousands, you know, with, you know, he had the slim shady LP, which, you know, came out in 99, but still kind of like right on the cusp. Um, and then, you know, you have Marshall Mathers LP, which is a classic, um, Eminem show. You even got to include like the eight mile soundtrack, which came out in 2002. Um, yeah. and even like, I know, I know encore wasn't that great of an album. Um, but I do love the song like toy soldiers. I think that that music video yeah. was like, that was like when I was, when I would stay home at, from school sick, uh, I would turn on MTV and that music video would come on like 10 times during the day. <laughs> um, yep. And so, so like, that was just, you know, I liked that song and I liked the music video. So, you know, those, obviously those albums don't need any explanation. Like everybody knows, like, everything about those, you know, the albums, like the Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem show, Eight Mile. Um, but for me, like some of the other things that kind of make him one of the top five most influential is he's, he's by far the most controversial artist of all time. Um, like there's no, to me, like there's no, there's no, like, there's really, I mean, I don't want to say there's no debate cause obviously you can make a debate, but just like some of the things that he would say in his songs, you know, it was just like so controversial to, towards like, women and just like you know controversial in terms of like because back then we didn't really like take like mental health like as seriously as we do now you know yeah. and so like if we did like we would probably say oh wow he's like just like really messed up in the head like you know it's okay whatever but like back then it was just like this dude's nuts like he is so <laughs> he's crazy like what is wrong with him um yeah so i just i think we're like some of his content is like you know especially the song you know kim where he's literally just <laughs> rapping about killing his wife. Like, yeah. Like in detail. Yeah. Like so controversial and like nothing like anybody else would have done. Like, you know, like uh, again, hip hop, you know, it's not like he was like the, the most violent person in hip hop when he came out, like, you know, hip hop had its fair share of like violent stuff and all that before him, but like just some of the, like some of the stuff, like it was a new type of hip hop really that he created. And he was, no one was ever as did it, what he was saying as, big right. as they like other guys like you're saying have been violent you know talked about crazy stuff yeah but no one was the number one hip you know rapper or even artist in the world saying that shit right yeah and i i kind of going into that a little bit more so like again it was, it was he produced like a different kind of rap and and there's two things that like really like solidify that i think one of them is the the steve uh berman skit on Marshmallow's yeah. LP where he's like, you know, they're rapping about forties blunts and bitches and you're rapping about homosexuals <laughs> and Vicodin. Like what is going on? <laughs> like, I can't sell this shit, you know? So like, that's just, that's just a perfect example of how he created like a new form of hip hop, you know? And, yeah. and, and the other, the other one. So I watched this show. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix, but it's called hip hop evolution. And I love that show. Yeah. I've seen so, every episode. Okay, cool. So, so you saw, obviously saw the one then where they talk about uh, Eminem. And yeah. I thought one of my, the funniest parts of that whole like, like skit or not skit, but like that segment of that episode was when they interviewed Buster Rhymes and Buster Rhymes says the same thing. Like everybody's rapping about this stuff. And then you got this white kid from Detroit who's talking about like tying his dick to a tree and jumping off. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, what is going, like, what are you talking about? Like, it's so, it's so controversial and so weird, yeah. but, but that's just who he was. And, and nobody else was like that before, you know? So yeah. 
Um, so I just, I feel like in terms of that, like, that's why I say like, he's the most controversial artist of all time. And I, and I think not just most controversial rapper, but just controversial, like one of the most controversial artists of all time. Um, yeah. A lot, the couple other things that I just want to say briefly, like, you know, I think also him being light skinned <laughs> matters a little bit. Um, I yeah. think that, you know, like in a predominantly, you know, black African-American. Um, so I yeah. feel like, you know, having like somebody who's white, you know, be a really good rapper. And, and a lot of people will make the argument that he's the best rapper of all time. And I think that that's really, you know, that's, that says a lot, you know? Um, so I yeah. think that that's important too. Um, even though like it might not, it shouldn't be probably, but I think that it is. Um, and also just like, you know, the things that he did with like D12, um, kind of like his work and kind of like almost like a, a good relationship, but a competitive relationship with 50 cent at that time, I think was also like super, super influential to hip hop. Um, and just, you know, asserting himself as a great future, uh, feature artist. So like, you know, there's times where like, you'll, you'll see, Oh, you know, Eminem's on this track. Like I gotta listen to it, you know, and he may not yeah. be the best like featured artist. Like he may not have the best features, but if there's a song with Eminem on it, particularly, you know, when he was big, like you're going to listen to it. Um, yeah. So, so I just feel like with all that, plus, you know, his ability to make the eight mile film, I think that was, you know, genius in itself too, um, which was a really good movie. Um, so I think all of those things just kind of solidify him as being a top five uh, influential artist in hip hop. So, yeah, I, I didn't even, I, he's not on my list. He's one of my favorites, mm. but Honestly, everything you said makes a good point. And also, especially a good point when you're talking about 50 Cent. 50 Cent, he signed him. And, and 50 Cent, I, I've said this on uh, one of my, on the original podcast uh, in an episode with my brother, uh, that I've never seen the a rise, a, a, such a quick rise as 50 Cent. And I don't think we might ever will. Like, obviously, he's not the biggest, you know, there's guys that are bigger, but that like 2000, like 2002 to 2005, 2003 to 2005 like he was insane like he was everywhere and he was just every song was a hit after hit after hit yeah. and he was like if fetty wap like on steroids yeah but and for a few years not just one summer but <laughs> yeah um but like that it was just everything was 50 cent he was everywhere he was so big he was his first album went diamond like who does that mm -hmm. like not not many artists well not many artists go diamond in general but right. to first album go diamond like is wild yeah yep so i i have to agree on eminem on just the bringing up 50 cent you know or just signing him and introducing him to the world i think was huge alone yeah right um so my number four artist you probably have him but i'll let you know you talk about him uh tupac Mm -hmm. I think Tupac is, is definitely up there. So I'll, I'll have to give a little quote or a little lyric as uh, Mr. J. Cole once said on let Nas down. Mm -hmm. Pac was like Jesus. Nas wrote the Bible. Mm -hmm. So Tupac still this, I think to this day, and it's so it's like mythical almost. He's like a Jesus individual. And, and he's like the, the guy like in hip hop. Like he's I don't think he's he's not in my top five, but he's just so he represents just more than than the actual music. He's just. I think globally he's so big and and uh, he's such a big figure and his lyrics and quotes are still used almost as much today as they have as they always have been. Tupac's just I think like you know he's an artist who uses him a lot or references him a lot is Meek Mill. Meek Mill has a lot of songs that are similar titles or similar uh, lyrics or hooks. Meek Mill uses them a lot, but he's still such an influential rapper uh, or artist overall still to this day. And people still see him as, you know, people, a lot of people consider him the GOAT. 
and still see him as that, you know, huge figure that he, of what he meant to not only West Coast, but also hip hop as a whole. So I think personally, he's the biggest influence ever to come out of the West. I, I would say him and then Snoop is number two. And I think, like I said, Tupac, I would say is number one because he has like this mythical feeling about him. But I think it's also partially because he's passed. He's he's not around anymore. And I think in any genre, you know, you, you that adds an extra layer to their legacy, and which is terrible to say, but it does add that when they pass like a Jimi Hendrix or, or a, you know, Biggie or Tupac, like they're really... Uh, added another or Marvin Gaye even like it adds an extra layer to their legacy almost um so I think that's why Tupac is definitely number one but Snoop Dogg is is honestly close to I think mm-hmm. um but also I think he's still the king of the west coast but that might change in the next few years or decade or so I think Kendrick might overtake that uh with his next album or two albums whatever he's plans on doing but I think just the influence Kendrick is gonna I think more in a decade from now, when people realize how important Kendrick was and what his albums really said and what they mean, I think it'll eventually, I think it'll eventually overtake Tupac, but that's something, that's another conversation too. Um, Also hits, Tupac has so many hits. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has two diamond albums, two, which I don't know how many artists have diamond albums, but Mm -hmm. to have two is wild. Um, Six multi-platinum albums and seven just platinum albums, just platinum. Mm-hmm. uh albums no, not nothing crazy uh, <laughs> the craziest thing is that is that he only had four albums prior to the, his death mm-hmm. <laughs> so he has two diamond six multi-platinum and four of his multi-platinums were released after that after he passed uh i don't think any other artists even drake kanye or jay-z could even do that to have uh one of the albums is a diamond album it's his greatest hits which you have to consider it because to sell 10 million of a greatest hits is still a lot of albums mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think he has those, he has 11 albums total and seven were after his death. And he has all of these set, you know, record sales or album sales after that, I think stands a testament to how influential and how big he is mm-hmm. or is and was, uh, for him to have all these albums. Uh, I can, I can't say the word post posthumous. Oh, post- posthumous. Posthumous. I always say, po- I don't know, whatever. Posthumous. <laughs> to have all of these records after you die to go multi-platinum after you die is to me yeah. is insane you don't see like artists there's a lot like juice world they're doing a lot pop smoke they're doing a lot but you'll never see these guys go obviously they're not even before death tupac level but you'll never see big artists even after they pass to go platinum on a posthumous album more than once but right. let alone multi-platinum more than once so yeah i think that's a testament uh and also he's the first rapper besides will smith because you could say will smith is a rapper because summertime mm-hmm. um besides him that is seen as a legit actor before like now a lot of rappers are turning to actors and stuff, but with, you know, he was in some big movies like juice, definitely a really good movie, mm-hmm. uh, poetic justice above the rim and gridlock. These are some four movies that, you know, really he were legit solid movies, not just, you know, uh, it's a movie about him or he's just like, Oh, he's a, you know, we'll just throw him in this film, this, you know, make it look good. Mm-hmm. I would say him. And, and also ice cube, ice cube is also kind of taken seriously as well, but yeah. I would say Tupac is also really uh, seen as a, a legit actor. Cause that's what he was also, he went to acting school and stuff. He was, I think that was, I watched documentary or something on it where that was actually his first love. Mm-hmm. So being able to do that and be respected and, and seen as a legit actor was also very rare at that time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a little with the fashion, not as much as some of these other people, but the bandana is tied in the front. I think everyone still thinks of that as Tupac. Yeah. When you see someone with a bandana tied in the front, 
that just screams Tupac. And also the nose rings, nose rings weren't, I feel like seen as cool. And, and you'll see, you know, a rapper with a nose ring and it's kind of goes back to Tupac and Jay-Z, you know, on 444 talks about, you know, you know, older rappers making fun of new, new rappers, but then he says, you know, Tupac had a nose ring too. So, right. you know, you're critiquing certain fashions or whatever of, of new guys, but Tupac was doing something that was, might've seen a little weird at the time, but mm-hmm. it was Tupac. So he, he did it and he got away with it. Yeah. So that's really what I wrote for Tupac. I think he's just so influential overall and, and kind of this mythical figure mm-hmm. uh, in hip hop of, of almost like this otherworldly, like he's the, yeah. With the quotes and the lyrics just still to this day remain true so yeah yeah that's my number four yeah i, I totally agree with every like a lot of things that you said um i think that when you think of somebody who is like viewed as being like kind of like what you said like a jesus figure of of hip-hop um it's him and and i i think of two examples of people who just kind of like i feel like they try to kind of carry on his legacy and kind of carry on his message and kind of what he was trying to do. Um, obviously one of them was, was Kendrick. Um, I think Kendrick kind of more, you know, tries to be like him as a rapper. Um, but in terms of like, as a person and like what you're going to do with like your platform in hip hop, um, I think of like the late great Nipsey hustle and just like, yeah, you know, like how he, you know, tried to use his hip hop, you know, kind of like stardom to make his community better. Um, so I feel like, I feel like Tupac is like that, you know, he's, you know, he's a really good rapper and he makes a lot, he does a lot for the culture of like rap as a rapper, but he also like, you know, try to make the world a better place with his platform. Um, so that's just kind of, that's just kind of what I think, you know, people look up to him, not just as a rapper, as a lyricist, but also as like a person and a celebrity, Yeah. You know? So so yeah, Definitely. so I totally agree. Uh, my number four um, is uh, Lauren Hill, and I think that she is the best female rapper of all time. Um, I agree. I, I would say that you know she's in terms of like as a lyricist, uh, her flow and just like her wordplay and stuff like that um, is just it's just top notch. And I just wish that she had more. I wish she had more, uh, (laughs) you know, like I wish there was more than just the one solo album and the one album with the Fugees, Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I wish there was more of that, but um, she's, I think she's the best female rapper of all time. I was actually talking to my significant other Brie who wanted me to shout her out in this episode. So I'm doing it now. Um, but <laughs> I, I but I, but I was talking to her the other day cause we were actually listening to Lauren Hill, um, for a little bit. And to me, um, I think that she, Lauren Hill does this one thing in particularly the best, and maybe she was kind of like the first person to really do it. But to me, she's like one of the first artists to like showcase talents in singing and rapping. Like she is a great rapper. She has great flows, great bars and stuff like that, but she's also a phenomenal singer. Like, you know, there's lots yeah. of rappers that, you know, sing like, you know, Drake and to name it, you know, Kanye sings sometimes and stuff like that. But they, but nobody says like, oh my God, Drake and Kanye are phenomenal singers. Like they can sing like so good, you know? And I think Lauren Hill is like one of those people who you can say is a really great rapper, but can also sing really well too. Um, yeah. So I, w- I would say like she, I don't know if she's like the first to do that, but in terms of like what I'm thinking and, and all the music that I've listened to, like if you go to like back to like the dates when she released like her albums and stuff like that, you know, there weren't many, a lot of people before her in hip hop that were singing and rapping at the same time. Um, yeah. So, so I just, I kind of considered that. Um, I also kind of considered the fact that 
um, two songs off of her solo album um, are songs that get sampled a lot these days in hip hop, um, which is doo-wop and then X Factor is another one. Um, so yeah. I think the fact that those two songs have a legacy of like kind of like staying relevant in hip hop um, is also like a testament to like her legacy, making music that can be used again and kind of, you know, revisited a little bit. Um, so I think that those two songs for her, like not only again, not only were they great songs just from her standpoint as, as a rapper, but just also like the fact that those songs are so well received and so liked by so many people that they just keep getting reused. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of talked about that a little bit, um, just like her activism you know, as a female, like you kind of alluded the same thing to like little Kim in a way. Um, but she's, she's kind of Lauren Hill's kind of more like, you know, like I'm going to stand up for women's rights and stuff like that, you know, whereas little Kim kind of pushed the door open for women, you know, but I don't see her yeah. like being like kind of like an activist the way Lauren <laughs> Hill is, you know? Um, yeah. so I think that that also plays a role, like, again, just using that platform to kind of, you know, talk about stuff that, you know, needs to be talked about. Um, and then lastly, you know, just for her, like, again, her career with the Fugees, you know, how many mics is a great song, um, ready or not. Like, you know, I love the, yeah. her, her opening line where she's talking about, like, I played this game, like a game of chess, um, which is again, something like in the nineties, like a lot of rappers love talking about playing chess, you know, and kind of, yeah. <laughs> and kind of like, you know, use that analogy of like, Oh, life is like a game of chess and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, and then last but not least, can't go without not saying uh the cover of killing me softly like some people don't even know that that's a cover like these days when you when you hear that song some people just automatically go, oh it's lauren hill but it's not you know but i yeah. think that her version of that song is more well received than the original and so again that's just another like that's a groundbreaking classic song by her and it was even her own song so um i just think like all of those things kind of factor into like why she to me she is the the best female rapper of all time and i think you have to you have to have her in a top 5 because of just what she's done for the 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 culture and for like the women in hip hop um so that's kind of yeah. why i say her at number 4 yeah i have to agree with, with her i think she's also the best uh female rapper of all time and ready or not is mm -hmm. phenomenal and and duop and and um killing me softly i that's one of those those covers that is just, you know, it's one of those very few times where a cover you're like, this is better. Yeah. Very few, very often there's covers that you're like, all right, well, the original is better, but this, there's very rarely is there a cover that's like, all right, well, we'll go with this version now. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's a prime example of one because that song's phenomenal. Yeah, totally. All right. So I'm going to go with my number three. You might have him. I don't know, but he's uh, very big in the mid, mid to late 2000s early 2010s wheezy f baby lil wayne mm. so lil wayne so lil wayne's i think the the most the basic example of the impact he has on hip-hop today hip-hop would not be the way it is right now without lil wayne mm -hmm. uh with him or kanye west those are the two biggest influences of today's artists i said this back in 2016 i tweeted it out and i don't know how i remember it but i do there's only two artists currently that aren't direct to the big big artists that aren't directly influenced by Kanye and Lil Wayne. And that's, I would say Kendrick and Cole. Mm -hmm. They, they, they have, a, I would say there's some influence, but not to like the influence of like how with guys like, you know, Drake and, and, you know, with Kanye and Lil Wayne and like uh, any other big artists is, is directly influenced by, I would say Lil Wayne. 
Um, and most of the sounds and the flows and the, the style of rap is, I feel like, directly from Lil Wayne. He's just so influential to today's hip hop mm. that I think to influence a whole, really, at least one or two possible generations, depending on your view of uh, how long a generation is. Artists like, you know, Future, Young Thug and Meek Mill, I think those are directly like from that t- that time, like the, the late, you know, early 2010s, you could say those guys are, especially Young Thug, he's, and Future even, those are directly from Lil Wayne. Like they sound like him, look like him in, in certain ways. And, and I just think they're, and also Meek Mill is, has really influenced them a lot with the, uh, his flows and, and stuff. And then there's a newer artists like Lil Baby, Polo G, Moneybag Yo, NBA Youngboy, 42 Doug. Uh, these are guys that are just so directly influenced. And these are just some of the bigger artists, but every artist is just influenced by an artist, either by Lil Wayne or an artist that's influenced by Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's, that's such a big testament to how big he was and how, how big he was at a certain time when a lot of these artists were coming up or growing up. Right that they, you know, they want to sound like him. So I think the, also the randomness of his bars, I, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but he's just so great at just anything. Like he's not, he, he's not the best at t- telling a story. Right. Like I wouldn't, I would never really want Lil Wayne to tell a story in his song, mm-hmm. but just how he can rhyme with the most random crap. You're like, <laughs> what is he talking? Almost like Eminem in a way, but like yeah. not as vulgar and, and, but just more like, right. wow. Like you, <laughs> I would have never even thought of that, or I never would have said that. Yeah. Um, so going off of that, uh, he's sales wise, he's the fifth biggest rapper of all time, uh, selling over 20 million albums and over 120 million units sold, including singles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he's huge. He's one of like, he's top five biggest rappers of all time, just off of sales. Yeah. Uh, the fashion and impact he's had on the culture truck fit was big for a little while mm-hmm. his brand the skinny jeans he was mm-hmm. every every person was wearing skinny jeans when Lil Wayne was getting big yeah uh the dreads every rapper not every rapper but a lot of rappers now have dreads and before Lil Wayne they were they, obviously dreads are part of you know culture but every rapper was I feel like since has had dreads or most rappers have had dreads mm-hmm. since then um the tattoos head to toe and tattoos mm-hmm. You know, that's also a thing Lil Wayne, I feel like, started with, like, a, a bunch of these rappers I've said, besides Lil Baby, he doesn't have any tattoos, but the rest of these guys are tattooed almost from head to toe, and and that wasn't as popular or relevant before Lil Wayne came around, and he's probably doesn't have a square inch on his body without a tattoo, so <laughs> yeah. that's something, and also something that was around before him, but he elevated, it was also lean, like the lean culture, mm-hmm. you know, it was around Houston it, rap really introduced that with, you know, DJ screw and UGK, but like it really elevated with Lil Wayne because mm-hmm. rappers from every, it was, it was a Houston thing. Right. But now after Lil Wayne really reintroduced that and, and brought it nationwide, which is kind of a sad thing to say about, but he really, it's, you know, leans big in California, New York, mm-hmm. Atlanta, it's big everywhere now. So right. That's, I think, because of him, he brought that out. Mm. Um, this is a question, but I think it's it's a, it's just a question out there. Uh, greatest mixtape rapper possibly ever? He's, if not, all right, yeah, I, I was, I was, I agree as well. I yeah. think he's, hands down, his, his mixtapes, yeah, no one, I think, could touch him on the mixtapes. His albums, that's a different story. I, I yeah. don't think some of his, he's only had a few really good albums, but his mixtapes are just, unreal and that kind of goes along with me saying uh i say he's the best random rapper of all time because that kind of goes along with it mixtapes are meant for you to just wrap your ass off mm-hmm. really not to you know for you know certain uh stories or certain 
views or something like that. Like if you want to tell on an album, certain stories or certain things like that you want to tell. But if you're going with mixtapes, especially he's rapping on other people's beats and making better versions of them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we said with Lauren Hill and, and covers mm-hmm. uh, with, with her song, but Lil Wayne basically did covers and just killed rappers on their own, on their own songs. Yeah. So that's just, that's alone. It was like he mixtape wheezy is just, it's, it's a different level of rapping with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the influence he had with young money, young money was huge. And bringing on Drake, who's, the big highest, second highest selling rapper of all time and the biggest artist right now. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj, who's, you know, the highest female selling rapper of all time and the influence she's had on, on hip hop. Mm-hmm. Tyga, you know, Tyga, even though he's not that influential, but he's had hits. You can't deny he's had platinum s- singles. He's mm-hmm. he sold a lot of singles. And then last but not least, uh, Chanel West Coast, you know, <laughs> she signed Young Money. She's 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 a huge, you know, a, a huge signing, Young Money, man. So... Young Money, not and Cash Money, he was signed to them, but he that was also big. But his label, <laughs> Young Money, is just huge. With those three artists alone, r- really number one and two. But mm-hmm. Young Money has been a big label, and and you know every tag you've heard on every song of his for the last decade was YM, Young Moolah, mm-hmm. you know whatever, Young Money. So that was also hit big uh, with Lil Wayne. Yeah. And then I have two more things. Uh, from 20, 2007 to about 2013, if you wanted a hit, kind of like with Drake now, you asked Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a feature, you wanted a feature, whether it's a chorus or a verse. Lil Wayne would deliver and kill it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would rarely miss, and he elevated not only the song itself but also the sales. Like, say you got a Lil Wayne feature and it was going to sell, but he made the song better too. It wasn't just, oh, let me listen to it because Drake's on it or Lil Wayne's on it or whoever's on it. Mm-hmm. But you're like, damn, he killed that feature. Damn, yeah. that chorus was good. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne did that. And from like 2007 to 2013, those say seven years, you wanted a feature, you were getting Lil Wayne on that song. Yeah. And not just hip hop in any genre, really pop, you know, anything you were asking Lil Wayne for that. So that was, that shows how big he was. Mm-hmm. And also ex- experimentation uh, with different sounds, were, uh, but he tried it and, and give you have to give him kudos to trying it mm-hmm. when, especially he was at the peak of his, of how big he was. And he was like, you know what, I'm going to make a rock album and I'm the biggest rapper right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also his, you know, updating his sound. Cause that's a, a lot of rappers struggle with that too. And, and he was struggling at one point with that, but updating his sound where he can rap on current beats and, and keep up with current rappers, Obviously not to the extent he was, but he can still rap with, you know, newer rappers to a certain extent. And also like kind of what he, similar to what he did with, he had the Carter five stashed away. He was ready to go for years. And then he had to redo it essentially years later to release it, to make it sound kind of relevant or current. Mm -hmm. Cause if he released that version, it just wouldn't have done well because from when he was going to release Carter five to when he did release it, hip hop really changed and trap really Trap was like getting big or he was kind of on that trap wave for a little, but it just excelled after he kind of just went down and other rappers emerged because mm-hmm. like Future and Young Thug, they really took the sound and went. Yeah. It's not what it was when he was at the height of his career. So mm-hmm. uh, that's really what I had to say with Lil Wayne. And I had a lot of reasons. And that's why I think Lil Wayne is top three mm-hmm. uh, most influential of all time. Yeah. He unfortunately, he didn't make my list, but he is like right there on my like uh, honorable mentions is because um, I, I go back to I go back to the mixtape and just kind of like not only is he the greatest mixtape rapper of all time, but like mixtapes weren't really a thing until Lil Wayne did them. You know, I mean, they I mean, they were, but like they weren't as like, popular. Yeah, 50 Cent. Yeah. Yeah. 50 Cent like basically made f- mixtapes and right. then they were they were cool. They were cool for like local yeah, artists right. and like to get to way to up and coming artists. But Lil Wayne was like, like he already had his album. So he was already popular. Then he just created, you know. Yeah. 
a whole different lane even or just he just elevated himself right even farther yeah so he definitely i feel like he made them like popular like you know what they are now um and what they what they were kind of like you know a few years ago um i feel like he you know he's he's the greatest mixtape rapper of all time but he also just kind of like made them popular you know so um so i think that there's that and i also think like going back to so like again like part of it for me is you know what do you do for your like community like how do you use that and i think when katrina hit new orleans like he you know he took that platform and that that was right around his peak so like you know that was like that was like a good thing that he did was just kind of use his platform to kind of help the city that he came from and stuff like that i think that was really cool um and then the other thing that i like about him too is um how he brings like a culture of like like skater boy almost in a way to hip hop like <laughs> Like how many rappers, do you know, that like, will get on the skateboard and like do like kickflips and shit. Like, you know, like not a lot, you know, you might think like uh, Lupe Fiasco is another one who had that kick push song. But other than that, like yeah. he, he brings like a different type of culture to hip hop, which is, you know, I, I like I respect that out of him. So. Um, so, yeah. yeah so I, when I was making my list, I, I wanted to put them in, but I just feel like my other ones kind of like pushed them out a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely for sure. Like very influential to the, the community of hip hop. Um, so that, yeah, it's a good pick. I like it. Um, thank you. Thank you. My number three, uh, I'm going to go ahead with somebody who is kind of like current. Um, and you know, obviously like we don't know how this person's kind of legacy is going to pan out, but as of right now, like it's pretty solid. Um, and that's Kendrick. Um, I think that, okay. I think that he is already like a very influential person on the rap uh, community just because you know he because he's current you know like i feel like there there's got to be somebody who like right now is doing the same things that the other people that we've talked about have already done you know but like doing it in a way that like keeps like you know it's not it's not repetitive or it's not like oh well, we've already seen this before like kendrick's doing it in a way that's just different um and i think it's worth noting like the first point is that to me he has three classic albums already under his belt um, I agree. And I think, I think most people will agree on two of them. Like I think good kid, mad city and to Pimba butterfly obviously are classics. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right there. Um, and I think that most other people will say that damn is also a classic. I think damn is a good album, but I think that, um, section 80 is another classic for him. Um, because like, I, I just, I just love like, you know, that was kind of like his introduction. Like he had a mixtape before that album, but like that album was kind of like the introduction to like who Kendrick is. And I feel like that, yeah. that album, like really like he talks a lot in interviews about how damn is like all of his music, like put together into one album. But I feel like section 80 is kind of like, this is who I am. And this is like, this is kind of like where I'm going with this rap thing, you know, like that kind yeah. of like set him up and while that sometimes like for most artists, like that's like, you're, you're not going to have a classic like right away when you do that. Um, but like, I feel like everything that he talks about in that album, as well as good kid, mad city and to pin the butterfly are just like, it's so iconic what he did. Um, and so I just, I, I just feel like, you know, three classics already under your belt. Like how can you not already be like a top, a top 10, at least, um, for me, top yeah. five, but like top 10, definitely. Um, so I just, I think about that. I kind of go back to what you said about Tupac and just kind of following his legacy and message. Like Kendrick is the quintessential, like Tupac protege almost, you know, like, he, yeah, he, I would say that he is like Tupac reincarnated basically. Um, 
So I feel like, I feel like that has something to say about it. Um, I think that right now he's the voice of this generation in terms of hip hop, even though he doesn't come out with a lot of music, like some of the other guys do. Um, I still think like when he does like that, it's like, everybody's mind is just blown. Everybody's like paying attention. Everybody's like thinking about what he's saying. Um, So he leaves a mark on, you know, the people that are listening to hip hop today. Um, So I think that that's a big part of it. Um, Another part that I love about him is his ability to kind of create concept focused albums. Um, So like good kid, mad city was like basically a movie Um, and, you know, pimp a butterfly while it may not seem like a movie, like good kid, mad city, it's still very conceptual um, and has like a lot of like, like all the songs kind of like tie together. Um, And I think like, there's been a lot of like albums that are like that in like, rock music and pop music they do it um but hip-hop it's really hard it's really hard to make a concept album because hip-hop is so lyrical and it's hard to like stay focused on one topic for 15 tracks when you're wrapping your ass off for three verses a track you know and so and so i feel like his ability to be able to do that is just it's what makes him a, a legend um i think in terms of you know telling stories like he is probably he's definitely like a top three storyteller in hip-hop he might even be one of the greatest storytellers of all time in music um because again just being able to stay focused on a story for a whole album's worth is just something that you know not a lot of people can do and i think a lot of people are trying to do that or at least you know some rappers are just trying to like make like a good like song that tells a story um like I don't know, did you did you hear the new song by Five Eo Foreign? That's how you say it, Five Eo Foreign. Um, he has a new song out. I think it's called uh, True Stories or something like that. Um, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's a good song, and it's just it's just a story. It's a story about a kid, you know, being incarcerated and going to jail for you know maybe something that they didn't do or something that he shouldn't be in jail for that long. Um, but it's just like things like that. Like those are all like Kendrick. Kendrick influences people to to use rap to tell stories and yeah. i think that you know again before kendrick of course it, it had been done before but he really like takes it to the next level in terms of like telling a story um so so i i would say like i would say he's like a number two storyteller of all time I'm not gonna say who number one is because he's on my list um and we haven't gotten there yet um but i would just <laughs> say like he's a great storyteller and the last thing i want to say about him too is that to me he like he keeps like the west coast style um, and adds like his own flair to it. So like before, like the nineties, you would always be able to tell like, Oh, this is Snoop and he's got a West coast sound. Um, Oh, this is uh, biggie. And he has a New York sound, right? You were always able to kind of tell the difference these days. Like you can't really tell where somebody is from, but you can definitely yeah. tell where he's from because again, he's just has like that, you know, his, his beats and his instrumentation are very wet, like nineties West coast. And and, you know, just the way he raps and just kind of like the things that he talks about, obviously, you know, he mentions Compton in like almost every song, but, you know, but he, like, he just has like that old West Coast style. And the only other person in hip hop that I know that like has like a true like sound to like where they're from is Joey Badass. Joey Badass is a really good like New York sounding rapper, you know? Yeah. And so, so I think Kendrick like is able to just kind of like take like that West Coast sound that's been around for so long. But again, he adds his own flair and kind of his own thing to it. Um, so I like that about him a lot. And then last but not least, um, I feel like there's so much that you know about him just from his music. But there's also like so much that we still like 
don't know and maybe we never know yeah we don't know we don't know kendrick but we really know kendrick like you don't right like you don't know kendrick personally like as much as you would like a drake or even like a kanye um but like so like we don't know him like that but like you know like kind of like some of his morals and kind of some of his influences and kind of some of the things that he's been through before he became a rapper, you know? So like, I feel like he's told such, like he's told so many stories, but there's, there's something in me that feels like there's still more to tell. And that just kind of keeps me interested, but it's also, again, it's also a really hard thing to do, right? Like it's hard to like continue to tell things that are interesting and he just always delivers. He always delivers with like, you know, flair and he delivers with like keeping us interested and entertained. So I think when it's all said and done, like he is a top five, like most influential rapper in hip hop. Definitely. I, there's two things I wanted to say with that. Uh, one, when you're talking about like, it's like a, a movie, good kid, Mad city. I actually say with his three, not section 80, but with, Good Kid, Mad City, Damn, and To Pimp a Butterfly. So to me, Good Kid, Mad City is like a movie. To Pimp a Butterfly is like a play. And Damn's like an actual, just, it's an album. Yeah. So I think the way that, like, I could see To Pimp a Butterfly being on, like, a Broadway, being a play. Yeah. I think the way it plays out, the way, you know, the the way it uses everything, the jazz, and then Good Kid, Mad City, I think would be a great movie if they ever adapted it. And then Damn is just straight, like, it's meant to be an album yeah where the other two like you can see them being something else where damn is i love damn i think it's also a classic but uh as the other two like it's it wouldn't work as the other two would in other ways but it's just it's such a good it's meant to be an album it's not meant for you to like it's meant for you to just like hone in on it not like visualize where he's great at the other two albums at making you see what he's where he is or what he's doing Mm -hmm. um so i think that and then also um I going back to your list, which I know you didn't say it, but I, I know who you're who is on your list. So I thought we might have the same final two, but we don't because that person who I know is on your list is not on mine. Uh-huh. So for my number two, uh, I don't know if he I, this is the person I don't think is on your list is Jay-Z. Um, Jay-Z is to me, one B is just behind my next person, mm-hmm. but it's just he's he's the blueprint for drake essentially in terms of just the the stardom mm-hmm. uh and also his actual rapping style i think he raps a lot like jay-z mm-hmm. uh i think jay-z at least rapping might be his biggest influence mm-hmm. uh the, the the production stuff like that i think other but actual like flows and everything i think jay-z is like drake's biggest influence mm-hmm. but we're not talking about drake so uh <laughs> jay-z is record sales he's 13 platinum solo albums and every album went number one mm-hmm. What like, can you say? What? Yeah. What can you say? <laughs> like that's ridiculous. Yeah. He has over 36 million albums sold and over 125 million units sold. Uh, he's the fourth highest selling rapper of all time. He was number two for a very long time. Uh, Eminem's number one. Drake is number two. Kanye's third, and then he's fourth. So he's top four selling, but I think overall sales. But to have 13 platinum solo albums and each one of them go number one. Mm. I just think is, is insane. You don't see that he's had multiple classic albums. Uh, I, I, to me, I think reasonable doubt, um, volume two, hard knock life, mm-hmm. the blueprint, the black album and four, 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 four to me, surprisingly is my favorite album of his. Wow. He's very mature on that. And it's just, it's from a totally, he's Jay-Z was never too vulnerable on his albums. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time where I felt to his vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I love it. I, he's also like the other ones I said are classics and they're great, but mm-hmm. I just liked his vulnerability. Cause that's something 
that it's not, it didn't make it better, but it's just something you never saw from him, which was cool. Cause you never saw Jay-Z really be that vulnerable on an album mm-hmm. from like start to finish too. Um, his business acumen and his promoting wealth, you know, he's big into art now and owning your own music and kind of with title, what he was trying to do for artists and telling artists, like even on 444, you're still signing with labels and not promoting yourself, which I understand why people sign. Cause it's, it's very hard to start on your own and go independent, but I understand what he was also trying to push and say that, you know, own your own stuff, not, you know, end up in a situation like, like Prince or Michael Jackson, where, you know, you're fighting over that, like own your own stuff and, and get all the money you should on your own. You're creating it. You should get, you know, your portion of it, uh, having his own, having your own label, like starting, you know, your own, uh, either music label, or even he has, you know, with Ducey and, and rock nation and rock nation sports or Rockefeller, like he, you know, starting your own thing, mm-hmm. uh, owning property too. He talks about like in Dumbo on 444, like I could have bought Dumbo at like, you know, a certain, and now it's worth like quadruple or whatever it mm-hmm. is now, or even art. He talks about buying art at yep. 2 million and a few years later it's four. And then another year's later it's worth eight. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, and then owning companies too. And also just what he does, what he talks about for, you know, the black culture and promoting black wealth and black ownership, I think is just something that is, is great to see. And, and something where he's kind of also, in his lyrics, kind of giving the blueprint to that as well as making the moves and, and kind of just showing people the way on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also great. Jay-Z, I have a lot to talk about. So uh, putting on a lot of artists, he's put on countless artists and I'm just going to go off. Memphis Bleak uh, with Rockefeller, uh, Beanie Siegel with Rockefeller, Freeway, that was a role with Rockefeller, Foxy Brown, mm-hmm. Just Blaze, with the production, he was big on that. Dipset as a whole, he had all of, all of them and they kind of went and did their own thing, but they started with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncle Murda, who's big in New York. Uh, Kanye, how can you not mention Kanye? Uh, Rihanna, how can you also not mention her? Mm-hmm. Jay Cole, Jay Electronica. So these are, are huge artists throughout the years that he's put on. And then two of them, two of his own artists ended up becoming billionaires on the, their own mm-hmm. with Kanye and Rihanna. So he's a billionaire, but he also helped. Obviously, they did their own vent- business ventures and their own stuff. But without his push in the music... Mm-hmm they wouldn't have had that platform to become billionaires on their own. So that's crazy alone to think of yourself as a billionaire, but kind of promoting and and creating in your own sense of, if you didn't put them on, they wouldn't have been to be able to be as successful as they were with the music. And then in turn, be turn that into their own wealth with their own businesses and ventures and stuff like that. So I think that's crazy to say that one person who is a billionaire created their own worth in becoming a billionaire, created two others essentially in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Rockefeller, the label and Rockaware, the, the clothing brand, um, you know, the label was pretty much kind of what I talked about with all of those artists besides J Cole and J Electronica. Uh, they all were signed to him and they all became, they were successful at least for some point in time. They never flopped, but all of them had at least, a, you know, a, a few hot songs or maybe a hot album that was, was well at the time. And, and then Rockaware clothing line, um, at their peak, which I found this out looking more into it, they were making seven hundred million annually, mm. annually, which is huge. And he sold the rights to Rockware in two thousand seven. Rockware, kind of like um, Echo or, or uh, Fat Farm and stuff like that. Those were big uh, clothing brands in the mid two thousands. And and to it was Jay Z. I actually read up on it. He saw a lot of people wearing the same. He not his brand, but a brand that was popular, wearing the same jeans as his because he made them popular. And he thought, why don't I just sell my own stuff? Mm-hmm. And may, and that'll be popular and I'll get, instead of 
they're getting the money off of the, of me making stuff popular. I'll make stuff popular and make money off of it myself, which kind of goes in, in back to the business acumen and promoting wealth aspect of him, which is also, it's very smart. Hey, why kind of, and that influenced other, you know, hip hop artists to kind of also have their own brands like G unit had their own brand and, and uh, other artists even try to make their own brands as well. Then also rock nation and rock nation sports rock nation was kind of his second coming with a label, but more of just harvesting talent and not, kind of having just his own little label. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started his, the first artist was J Cole, as I mentioned, and then uh, who turned out to be a legend in his own right. And then 2010 J Electronica uh, he signed and is now, uh, now is home to over 45 artists mm. uh, and manages just like the manages the business side, 34 artists, um, which there's a lot of huge artists on there. Uh, a few, as I mentioned, but uh, he's also manages like a, a bunch of artists like Lil Uzi Vert, uh, Big Sean, uh, Jay Electronica, uh, Money Bag Yo. A lot of these rappers are also signed him just for the management part because of how well he's built his own management and the people around him, they want him to manage them as well. And also with Rock Nation Sports, he that's also a huge agency as well. He assigned some of the biggest athletes in the world, like Robinson Cano, who was the first client, which at the time he was one of the best baseball players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, LaMelo Ball signed to them, Skylar Diggins in the WNBA. Uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Saquon Barthy, Barkley, not Barthley, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Romelo Lukaku is a player on the uh, Chelsea football team, soccer team, I'd say. And then Des Bryant, he's not currently playing, but he was a big football player back when he was at his height and he was signed to Rock Nation. So these are just some of the athletes he's had and he has a whole bunch of others. These are the, the standout names, mm-hmm. but it's just crazy to see how big of an impact Jay-Z has had on hip hop. Mm-hmm. I, I started off with the music and then just went off into everything else. And yeah. Jay-Z to me is one B and it's very close to one A, but yeah. and the person I have at number one just has a bigger influence. So yeah. that's me and Jay-Z. And I know I had a lot and I said a lot, but he's just, he's done a lot. Yeah, so no, I, I can't leave him out. Yeah, no, you're totally right. He was, he unfortunately is not on my list. Um, I, I, I same with little Wayne and him. Like, I just like, I wanted to put them in there so badly because I know how big of an influence they are. Um, but yeah, for me, like he is like the quintessential, like a great rapper, but also a great businessman. And yeah. like, in terms of like, in terms of the whole culture of hip hop, like he is that guy, he is the guy that, you know, is like, you know, you can say like, I am a great lyricist. I'm a great rapper. I can make great rap music, but then I can also take like everything that I've done in hip hop and turn it into like a business. And I'm good at that too, by the way. So, you know, so it's, yeah. it's just kind of crazy. Like all the things that he can do, like he, he's more than just a musician. Um, so, so for me, it kind of goes beyond hip hop, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's actually kind of funny that you put him at your number two, because my number two is uh, probably his biggest rival um, at one point. Um, and if you know anything about me, you know, you know, that I'm, this was coming. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I actually thought he might've been number one. No, but yeah. So he's number two, I put him at number two. I put Nas at number two. Um, I think that in terms of the, like the lyrics and this is, you know, this can be debated by tons of people, but it's just where kind of where I stand. But I think that he's, I think he's the greatest rapper of all time. Um, and I think that, you know, he has, like the, I know I've used this term a lot this episode, but like he has like the quintessential rap album in Illmatic. I think that that is like the blueprint of like what rap music is and what it would later become. Um, 
So I just think, I think with that alone, it kind of puts him as like an influential person in hip hop, just because he has like that album under his belt. That was just, you know, so iconic to the whole culture. Um, you know, he also, to me personally, like back, maybe not so much now, but like back then, and it, it didn't really like happen all that much, but like, I, I feel like he could battle anybody. Um, he could battle anybody and he may not necessarily win all the time, but like, you know, he can make it interesting. Um, and I, you know, I always go back to like the whole like takeover ether thing. Um, and, you know, that a lot of people are 50 50 with that. Um, I personally think that Nas won that one um, just because I feel like he was just more like upfront and literally just like you, like you knew who he was talking about because he said it. Um, and just like some of the things that he said towards Jay-Z was just like it was it was almost like too much. You know, yeah, I heard Ether like not that recent, but like in the past year, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. All right, it, it kind of registered again. I was like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, this is definitely better." Yeah, he was so brutal, and like again, like when you listen to two songs, like like again, you 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 knew who Jay Z was talking about too, but Jay Z was kind of a little bit more like subliminal about it, you know. Whereas yeah. Nas, like the chorus to the song was "fuck Jay Z," like that's you know, like you like <laughs> you knew who he was talking about. You know, so like, so I feel like in terms of like that, and that's just like the biggest example of like, he could pretty much go toe to toe with anybody, especially when he was in his prime years, like he could go toe to toe with anybody. Um, and his most two recent albums are really good. King's Disease 1 and 2 are yeah. both very good albums. Yeah. So, so that's actually going to be like my next point too, is like, you know, oh, my bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, I'm glad that you said that because like, it's, it's good to know that like other people are noticing it too, because for me, like I've always thought that, you know, he, he had Illmatic, which was obviously a classic. And then it was written is a good, it was, it was good. Like how can you compare your next album to, Illmatic like you know so yeah. it was good and then he had some years where like some of his music was just terrible and so and a lot of that you could say the same thing about Eminem who's also on my list you know like you know they don't have like the both of them don't have like the most like consistent careers um but then yeah. but then like towards the end like towards the end like kind of like approaching to where we are now like he's had some of his best albums like one of my favorite albums by him is the untitled one which came out like yeah. in 2010, I think it was, or somewhere around that time. And from there, like, you know, you have that album, then you have Life is Good, which was a pretty good one. Um, then you had uh, Nasir, which I personally liked. I don't understand why people don't care for that one as much, but um, I like it. Too. I like that album a lot. And I think he's got some of his good best songs on it, like Adam and Eve, um, I think is a, is a great song off of that album. And then King's Disease 1 and 2, both are really great. I was I was actually surprised that King's Disease 2 was as good as it was um, because I, yeah, thought it was, me I thought it was just going to be a bunch of leftovers and B-sides. Um, you know, so he has like those albums on the back end of his career. He also has like two really good ones in the middle with um, Godson and um, Stillmatic. So even those like albums are good. So like, has he had the most like consistent, like consistently good career? No, but he's like been able to like stay relevant. You know, like he's still like his album this year, King's Disease 2, I would put ahead of some of the other rap albums that, you know, are from artists who are just starting to come out or who are at their peak right now, you know? So like, yeah. so like his ability to kind of stay consistent um, is critical to me. And also the last thing I want to say too, is just like, how he's kind of changed his rapping like style a little bit. Um, not in necessarily like, like how he raps or his flow, but like what he raps about. Like in the beginning of his career, he was always rapping about, you know, like living in New York, 
you know, kind of like the lifestyle that he's lived there. But then now he's kind of taking more like political approaches. Like again, Untitled is all about America and just surviving in America. And, you know, he even has like a song on there. I I think it's called like Sly Fox, which is literally all about Fox news. So like, he's kind of like been able to rap about like street culture, but then as he's grown older and matured and kind of become more of a matured artist, he's been able to kind of venture off into other directions. So I feel like when you have that versatility, that that also makes you a big influence on hip hop. And so, so yeah, I, I would say that he's the greatest rapper of all time i would put him second influentially just because like he doesn't do the things like you know jay-z does i mean he does those things but he doesn't do them at the level that jay-z does it um or even like you know a kendrick you know just kind of like you know doing other things with your platform like he's kind of just like a rapper and that's pretty much it you know so um, yeah so i would i would put him at two and that's kind of my reasons for that so awesome yeah i agree Nas is is one of the best to me, one of the best rappers of all time, one of the best pure, you know, he can go toe to toe with anyone. And mm-hmm. I, I have to agree with everything you said. He's, he's not, he's off my list, but he's uh, definitely in my top 10 yeah. of, 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 of influential. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So for me, last but not least, I think, you know, where I'm going with this. Uh, I think, you know, who I'm picking uh, my most influential rapper of all time is Kanye West. I think just, I'm going to, I have a million reasons, so I'm just going to go into it. Um, the impact he had on just the music alone, uh, the production with the, the sampling is sampling has always been in hip hop, obviously, but he, it kind of was fading and then he really brought it back and he just was using so much soul samples and, and really making them into totally different songs, which I think was, was great. And just his production, he's considered one of the greatest producers of all time, not even just a rapper, just a producer also, um, we talked about this briefly last week, the influence from 808s, how it kind of changed the trajectory or the direction of hip hop at the time. And it kind of influenced a whole new generation of people that can sing and rap or just show, be comfortable showing their emotions on songs. Uh, so there's that. Uh, he killed gangster rap for a moment of time with, you know, because 50 Cent was at the height right now, right at that time. And then Kanye West came out and, and 50 Cent was talking about, you know, selling drugs and killing people. And Kanye West was talking about working at, you know, the gap and, and buying pink polos and Louis Vuitton. So it was just different. And he just kind of, he kind of killed gangster rap. People say it in 2007 when graduation and and 50 cent and then Curtis was coming out and they had a, you know, a beef or not a beef, but a a little competition of who would sell more. And they said the loser would retire, which (laughs) it was 50 cent and he still hasn't retired. Uh, So I don't know what's happening there, but it was basically saying, all right, well, this is what people want to listen to now. Not as much as that. I think that almost every album has a different era. People say it's, you know, what era Kanye is in, whether it's the, you know, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or Yeezus or 808s or life of Pablo or graduation. He just has different eras, which you don't always see with hip hop. You see with usually other genres of an era, but he's one that everything's an era with him, which is, is, I guess, legendary in a way could say uh multiple classic albums as kind of talked with jay-z uh i think his first to me his first six albums to me are classic which you don't ever see an artist like that i think college dropout late registration graduation 808s my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and yeezus to me are all classics that's just me uh and then like we were talking about yesterday he also has like life of pablo is also very good uh, donda to me is very good uh, yay to me is good. Uh, not very good, but, uh, and then obviously I'd watch the throne and, and kids see ghosts in there, which are, to me are also great albums. So 
he has so many classic albums. Uh, the influence also kind of said with 808s, but Yeezus, Yeezus also kind of changed it a little, not as much as 808s, but kind of very abrasive and very uh, dark with his sounds. Sounds like Travis Scott and more like dark melody stuff, which I think was big on, on Yeezus and that kind of influenced, uh, af- influenced rappers after that. Uh, kind of what I also went with 808 singing and rapping. He kind of is emo- being able to be emotional and show your emotions with something that uh, wasn't at the time popular. And he kind of very brought it to the forefront and, and stuff like that. Uh, I also said earlier, so I'm not going to get too much into that, but he's the, besides Lil Wayne, he's the biggest impact on this generation in terms of the sounds and, and the production, the, the uh, type of music that's coming out besides Lil Wayne. I think he's the biggest influence. Uh, so next with, that's just the music itself. So then fashion, I think fashion, he's had such a big influence on Yeezy, the Nike Yeezy, and then the Adidas Yeezy. Those are two of the biggest sneakers, like the Red Octobers from Nike. Or If you look on a sneaker resale website, they're still over like $10,000. So those, that's huge. And Adidas Yeezys, you know, those are huge. Probably the biggest sneaker up there right now with, I would say, Jordans and Travis Scott's. Those are probably the three biggest sneakers out there. Uh, skinny jeans, he was also a bit very big on the... In- you know, skinny jeans, Lil Wayne was, I think, a little more popular with that, but Kanye, uh, skinny jeans was very big with him. The Louis Vuitton Don, he kind of, high fa- high fashion was always a thing in hip hop, but he just brought it to like another level. Yeah. It was always about like Gucci, Louis Vuitton and like Versace. And then he just, all these other brands like Balenciaga and Tom Ford and Hermes. And he just made high fashion like a thing in hip hop where rappers are trying to one up each other with the high fashion now. Uh, pink polo, obviously we all know about the pink polo. It was huge coming up with that and uh, the backpacks and stun of shades. Those were all just like, because of him, they were big at that moment. So um, going into the sales. So Kanye, like I said earlier, is the third highest selling rapper of all time behind Eminem and Drake. He has over 21 million albums sold and over 140 million units sold. So he's also just that big. And besides Eminem and Drake, he's the highest selling and, and to be that, be that high selling, but also not affect the quality of your music is very, uh, is rare. Cause you know, Eminem is still very good quality music, but we talked about last week with Drake, it just feels not the quality isn't there. And that kind of goes, kind of comes along with the territory when you get that big, mm-hmm. uh, in any genre, not just hip hop. So kind of still not, you know, some people might disagree with me, but to be that, you know, still have that quality of your music and still sell as much as you have, mm-hmm. I think is a testament to how good of an artist he is and how influential he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also had other artists would not be around or nearly as big as they would without his influence of, like I said, Drake and Travis Scott, even like a guy like Chance the Rapper, uh, Big Sean, really just he put Big Sean on. And Childish Gambino also it takes a lot of influence from Kanye in terms of the singing and the sounds. Yeah. So I think those artists on top of, and these are just some of the big ones, but there's a plethora of all other artists that also were uh, influenced by him or not might not be as big without his influence. Yeah, like Cuddy. Um, Kid Cuddy. Cuddy, yeah. yeah. Cuddy too, yeah. Definitely. And then uh, last two things. So to me, he seems almost untouchable. Kind of how you said how Eminem's controversial. Uh, he's also just as controversial, but not maybe with the lyrics, more with his actions. Mm-hmm. I'll start with George Bush doesn't care about Black people. Like, that alone, like, not many people might come back from that. So that, uh, the Taylor Swift VMAs debacle, that he might, you know, not many people might not come back from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, slavery was a choice when he said that a few years ago on TMZ. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he came back. I thought that might've been it. Uh, then this next one, I think I thought was really it. the Donald Trump support. Uh, he's still just as relevant as he is uh, with supporting Donald Trump, which a lot of people in the hip hop community and a lot of people in general just are anti-Trump. So to have that 
still go number one and still be as relevant to this day with supporting Donald Trump, whatever anyone's political view is, is a very is a testament to how big he is. Yeah. And also uh, kind of more recently with bringing out DeBaby and Mar- Marilyn Manson at the third listening party, uh, DeBaby with the comments he made uh, recently about the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. and Marilyn Manson with the sexual assault charges, yeah. uh, bringing them out and featuring them on a song. I think whatever you view on that is, I think for him to do that the three days before he released the album and still go number one yeah. is like how, you know, how can you not right. uh, say how big he is? And like I said, he almost seems untouchable in that way where he, like I said, all of these things, not many artists would have done one or two of these things and still been relevant, Mm -hmm. let alone be as relevant as he is. But he's done all of these things over the past 15, 20 years, 15 ish years. Mm -hmm. So I think that just a testament to how well and how good his music is that people like me (laughs) will still ride with him after he's done all of these crazy things. Uh, And then the last thing is uh, this doesn't go into the influence as much, but I think I had to mention his, his live performances are some of the best in hip hop, let alone all of music. The the production in it, not just how he's good he sounds, but also what he brings to his performances, to his tours, to his festivals, to his concerts. He just brings that art element and that 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 performance element, not just a, a not just a stage and, and a screen. He brings everything to it. And I've seen him a few times, but it's just been crazy and and just uh, brought such a. a performance element mm-hmm. to just the not just the rapping or the singing just the whole stage design and everything i think he thinks of everything yeah like we said he has a purpose to everything so i think that to me is why he is all these reasons are why i think he's the most influential rapper of all time yeah no that's great i i feel i think three of your top five are like uh in my honorable mentions uh so we were kind of we were pretty close um you know i think absolutely he's you know he's totally influential i think um, if you think about 808s, I think that that might be one of, if not the most influential hip hop album ever, just because of the, not only what it did for hip hop and how it kind of changed, like the narrative about like what you can rap about and kind of like the sound of it, but also just like, like you said, gave people a platform, you know, gave people a platform to either be an artist or to be a better version of themselves as an artist, you know? Um, so yeah. I feel like, I feel like, and a lot of people, you know, think that that's not like a great album. And I wouldn't say like, it's one of the greatest albums of all time, but I think that in terms of like its influence on like, you know, being able to give other artists like a chance to like explore themselves and kind of expand their craft. Um, it, a lot of that has to do with that album. So, um, so, and I would agree, like he's got tons of classic albums under his belt. Like I talked about Kendrick having two under his belt. Like you're right. Like Kanye has, I would say, I would say five. I don't know if Jesus, I would consider a classic, but in terms of like college dropout, late registration, graduation, my beautiful dark twist of fantasy, 808s like yeah they're spot on so um so yeah so i think he's got a huge influence on the culture um so uh, my number one uh, i'm not going to spend too much time on it because i kind of talked about it when i talked about kendrick and you have this person uh in your list as well um and i agreed with a lot of things that you said so uh for my number one it's it's tupac um for me um i just think of okay. i think of when you think of a person that all of other people in rap like aspire to and kind of look up to as like a big brother, like it's him. Um, and I think you don't have to do much listening or much diving into the fact to understand that, because if you just look at some of his song titles, like keep your head up me against the world, 
Brenda's got a baby changes to live and die in LA. Like those are all just like songs that just show like how big of an inspiration he was because of what he was trying to portray in his music, you know? Um, you know, he just had, he just had so many, so many good ideas and he may not have always had like the answers to like all of like the political problems that were going on or that he was addressing, but at least he like used his platform to like put it out there, you know, and, and give people a chance to, to debate and talk and um, have an opinion about how our world is kind of like going and how we can make it better. And I feel like that's kind of like, that's always been his vision um, was like, to just like use rap to relay a message on how we can make this world a better place. You know, um, he may not have always executed it perfectly because he was also gang affiliated. <laughs> um, and <laughs> it could have, you know, I think, I personally think that it resulted in his death. Um, which I also think was kind of like, you know, if you're a conspiracy theorist, I guess you can kind of believe it or not. But like, I think that his death and Biggie's death were kind of correlated and related to each other. Um, so like, you know, he may not have always like executed his vision perfectly, but when it came to like, like rapping and what I'm going to rap about, like, I want to use rap to make the world a better place. Um, and so you can listen to all the songs and you can kind of like, kind of get that idea from what he's saying. But to me, nothing sticks out more particularly than actually on Kendrick's last song of To Pimp a Butterfly, Mortal Man. And at the end of that, yeah. they do like that kind of like interview. And like that, like that whole part of that song just says so much about who Tupac was and his legacy. And I just, yeah. I just think that when you look at everybody in hip hop and even the other people that were on my list, the people that were on your list, like when you look at him, like I don't think there's any better focal point to like somebody who is like, who is hip hop, you know, like you can say yeah. like, there's a bunch of these people like, yeah, they're they a big influence on hip hop and the culture, but Tupac was hip hop. Like he, it, like he was like, like, you know, he's the Tom Brady of, you know, you know, hip hop, he's the Michael Jordan of hip hop. Like when you think hip hop, like the first thing that comes into your head probably is Tupac. And so, so I just think that, that that's just, you know, a lot of like what he has done and why he's so influential. And, and to me, like, I don't think he's the greatest rapper of all time. Like I probably, somebody who's not on my list, um, like Biggie, like, I think Biggie might've been a bigger, better rapper than Tupac, but I just think, I think that so too. I just think Tupac, like what he did with his rapping and kind of like his whole vision on how he wanted to be perceived in the industry, um, speaks a lot. And it's a big influence on to a lot of other people in hip hop today who are trying to accomplish that same goal. Um, so I feel like he kind of gave them like a road to follow and a lot of people are following that road. So, um, so that's what I have to say about Tupac. And to me, he's, he's the most influential rapper in all of hip hop. And that's hard to disagree with that. I definitely like he was on my list. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, a lot of the stuff you said, and obviously a lot of the stuff I said, he definitely, I think on any list should be in someone's top five. Um, so I'm going to quickly reiterate my list and then you'll reiterate yours. And then we'll go over the end of show stuff. Cool. Uh, all right, so my list was number five was Lil' Kim, four was uh, Tupac, three was Lil' Wayne, two is Jay-Z, and one was Kanye West. So what was your list again? So my list was uh, at number five was Eminem, um, and then at number four I had Lauren Hill, and then my third was Kendrick, and then the last two uh, I had Nas at number two, and then Tupac at number one. Awesome. So 
guys, when you, after you see this episode, you know, tweeted us, commented us what your top five most influential rappers is. We'd love to hear back feedback from anyone. Uh, so now we're going to get into the end of the show. So Kyle actually hit me up with this yesterday, this topic, and I thought it was great because we were just starting out, but this topic will get bigger at the end of the year and around Grammy season two. Um, album of the year in hip hop so far. So Kyle said this and I was like, you know what, this actually is great. We'll add this. We'll add this little tidbit at the end. So I wrote down four albums that were in contention for me. And then obviously I'll tell you which one was my is my album of the year so far. So top four to me are Off Season by J. Cole. Um, the Melodic Blue by Baby Keem, which I mentioned to you last week. Uh, the Voice of the Heroes, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk, and Donda by Kanye West. So to me, the album of the year so far is The Melodic Blue by Baby Keem. Wow. I cannot stop listening to this. I, I put on Donda and, and CLB a lot mm-hmm. recently, and then I'm always going back to, to The Melodic Blue by Baby Keem. So yeah. that to me is the best album. It, to me, it's he's a mix because he's cousins with Kendrick, mm-hmm. a mix of, to me, Kendrick and Kanye, which are two of my favorites. So mm-hmm. ha, to me, how can I not like it? So he's to me, that's the best album of the year so far. Okay. Uh, how about you? Yeah, so I, I was thinking about it too, and I have three. I'm not going to say what the other two are just because like, that my my top three might still be the same by the end of the year um so i kind of <laughs> want to leave you on a little surprise there but um for me i i i would agree that like voices voice of the heroes um by little dirk and yeah. little baby like i just i love that one i think that's the most like the that's the hip-hop album from this year that i just keep revisiting a lot more um i think that both of them just complement each other so well on that and yeah um and I think the production, the production's like nothing spectacular, but I feel like it gets the job done and it fits both of like who they are. Um, it's got a, yeah. it's got some good features, not a lot, but like, you know, it's got, you know, Travis Scott, Meek Mill to, to list like a few there. Um, and I just, yeah. I feel like this is an album where like, I'm going to revisit more of little baby because like his flow on some of these tracks, like uh, 2040 and how it feels like, it's just, it's so infectious. Like his flow is just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, I love um, that's facts. Oh, that's one yeah. of my favorite songs on that. Yeah, I love his his verse on his chorus on that. Yeah, so so I like his flow, and I think one thing that stands out for me with Little Dirk is like his ability to like rap in like a sing songy kind of voice. Um, and yeah, like that's you know that's prime like what's happening on this album too, and it's so it's his he's like got a catchy a catchy way of like presenting his rap. Um, so so yeah. for me that's so far that's my favorite hip hop album of the year. So awesome. All right, so next we're going to talk about, um, I'll do the review for Forever is a Mighty Long Time. Yeah. So as I mentioned last week, I, I've never really listened to Big Crit, like a, at least a project. I've heard features or maybe a single or two. So I thought this is a very good album. I actually really liked it a lot. Um, it has, I, and I, it's, as I'm getting older, I, I'm appreciating more that traditional Southern hip hop. And this is straight like 2006 yeah. Southern hip hop, but like not like that, like, a bay bay and all that like real like like yeah ludicrous ti that that style ugk and and i think he did really good job Mm -hmm. at that with some some of my standout songs to me are confetti um big bank with ti um subinstein i love that one yeah uh ride with me featuring ugk um price of fame and bury me in gold i think the last track yeah I think so. And, and there's no bad songs on the album to me. I actually like the song with CeeLo a lot yeah. as well. CeeLo Green. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good album. And, and so like you mentioned it to me, cause we were talking about the other two albums were so long that this album's long, mm-hmm. but it was, but it never got boring. It kept me interested the whole time. Yeah. So 
it, when an album's long, that obviously that plays a factor. Sure. If it, you can keep me entertained, or if you can't, right. and this one definitely did. I, I really enjoyed it. I've listened to it over a handful of times, uh, and, and I really liked it. Uh, the first part, and tell me if I'm wrong, because you said it's like, and it is, it's 11 and 11, I yeah. think. Um, the first part is about being a rapper and being rich. Yeah. And the second part's about being humble and recognizing that there's more to life. Right. Yeah. Is that what, is that exactly it? Or is there a little, am I a little off? No, you're, you're actually like spot on. I think it's important to know too. So like the first song on the first side is actually called big crit. So I think the first side is kind of more like, like he's like, um, making music from like his standpoint as a rapper, um, and yeah. then the second side, the first track is lab- is called Justin Scott, which is his actual name. So I think oh, I think okay. those songs sense. on the second side are kind of like more like personal, like who he is as a person, you know. Um, yeah. Which is what I like most about the album is like he's you basically see both sides of him, you know, his persona and then him as a person. Yeah. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. I, so that's yeah. I was I guess I was pretty spot on with that. So. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say about that is he's very underrated. He he should be bigger than he is. Yeah. Uh, I remember him. What is that? 20. I remember hearing him in 2011, mm-hmm. 10 years ago on, I don't know if it was the first time, but it was one of the first times is on one train on ASAP Rocky's yeah. on uh, long live ASAP. Right. He killed that too. So yeah. uh, he's very underrated. He should be bigger than he is, but uh, I will be listening to more of his stuff. Definitely. Yeah. He's, he's, I'm a fan of him now. Yeah. He's, he's got some other good stuff. I think this one is probably his best album. Um, he does have yeah. some other good albums and he has some good mixtapes and, uh, and yeah, I just, I just really love it. I love how the first side it's got like bangers. Like most of them are like bangers, like the songs you said, like confetti and big bank Subenstein. Like I love Subenstein. Like that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, but then like towards, you know, the second half, it's more, it's, it's like deeper and it's more personal and it's a little bit more depressing. Like one of my favorite songs actually, um, on the second side is called drinking sessions. And yeah. I feel like that one is just like so deep and like, you can like, you really like believe his pain sometimes on that song. So, um, so yeah, it's just a great album. It, it, it does run a little bit long, but like you said, it's never boring. And, uh, and I think it's very underrated. Like people don't talk about it the way they talk about, you know, Drake albums and Kanye albums and Kendrick albums. Like, you know, he's, he's right up there with like, you know, I would say, I'd say he's kind of on the same level as J Cole when it turns, when it comes to rapping. Um, so, so I, I, you know, I just, cause find them interesting. Yeah. I was telling Amanda, uh, this, when I, after I listened to it like once or twice, I was like, it's funny cause they're both Southern, but yeah. I said, he reminds me of the Southern J Cole. Yeah. Cause J Cole, he's obviously from North Carolina, you know, but he's, you know, he always talks about New York, so he's not, he doesn't sound as Southern and his so- sound isn't as Southern as well. Yeah. Big crit is definitely, like I said, that traditional Southern sound right. and the accent as well. So like I said, I said, he's like a Southern J Cole, yeah. but uh that's what he reminds me yeah. of. so yeah I, I like the album a lot i think it's a really good album good. i'm glad you liked it man. um yeah so now i'm gonna give you an album and i don't think you've ever listened to him okay. or this album obviously this album if you never listen to okay. him. uh qu- question mark by xxx tentacion wow no i no no i've never I had actually, any interest in it but uh i will do it for you <laughs> i've i actually i'm i like this album a lot yeah it's it's good it's very it's different but he he's talk about when i talk about uh kanye you feel his emotions yeah. he's an artist that I, I almost better than anyone you can really feel what his emotions so okay. that is your album for the week and then we'll review it on next week's episode so right. question mark by xxx tentacion all right sounds good so w- one last thing before we uh get out of here uh next week's topic so we talked about this before the show so i'll let you share it uh what were you doing again <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what was what was the idea? Um, <laughs> oh, 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 we were going to do like the eras, right? Like which era of hip hop was better. So, um, so yeah, so our yeah. episode next week will be about like, I'll pick a decade. Um, you'll pick a decade. I'm pretty sure we're going to disagree. Cause I think we've kind of had a conversation about it before. Um, yeah. but, uh, we're going to pick like which decade we thought is the best in hip hop. And then we're just going to kind of debate as to like, kind of why we feel that way. So that'll be next week's episode. Yeah. So, yeah. So next week's episode will be which era was the best, essentially, which era we think is the best. Right. And like he said, where I already know we're going to have two different eras that we think. So this will be a, a good debate we'll have. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else before we wrap up? No, just thanks for watching. Thanks for having me on. This was a good conversation and uh, looking forward to next week's episode already. So. Hey, you don't have to thank me. I'm, we're co-hosts now. You don't have to thank, <laughs> thank me for having you on. It's just as much your show as it is mine now. So thank you everyone who is, who has, uh, who is watching, who's listening. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at We Debate Hip Hop. Uh, follow us on Instagram at The Hip Hop Debate. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube at The Hip Hop Debate. The last week's episode is already up. This episode is up as well when you're watching this, obviously. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. And, and send any questions, any comments, any anything you want us to talk about. We'd love to hear back from anyone who's listening, our, our fans. And uh, that'll be it for this week. So we'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Deuces. Peace.